0: Who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, American. Happy Thursday. Got a great show cooking for us today. Really, some important stories that I think are getting a lot of attention around the country. We're going to start off with a great interview with Wisconsin Congressman. Glenn Grothman, he is doing some amazing work, and one of the places he's focused on is stopping the State Department from spending money on atheist projects overseas. That's right. United States, the State Department, has been promoting money, grants, that encourage atheism in foreign countries that we give aid to. A lot of you are sitting there saying, why are my hard-earned tax dollars going to that? What's the national security interest? What's the strategic interest? What's the foreign policy diplomacy interest? No one can answer that, but the money's flowing anyways, because that's what happens. People give things without a reason. Maybe it's just an ideological reason. Maybe there's just some big atheist that wants to promote this. But Congressman Gun Grothman is going to explain to us what is going on, why it's an outrage, and what he's doing to stop it. That's going to be a great interview. And then... We're going to turn our attention to the economy. Oh, yes, you're feeling the pain. I know. It doesn't matter what you go buy. Coffee, food, gasoline, the electricity that powers your air conditions during this sweltering heat wave. It is getting more expensive, more painful. Buying a house is more expensive because interest rates are soaring up now. We're headed towards what our good friend Philip Patrick warned would be a moment of potential stagflation. Recession countered with high inflation. Well, fellow Patrick's back from Birch Gold Group, good friend of ours, really prescient. If you go back through our podcast the last year, this guy has had it right from the beginning. He is going to join us. and We're going to give us the very latest on the Bureau of Labor Statistics. New inflation numbers out today, very concerning. Producer prices for goods way, way up nearly 18%. That's not good. It's a sign that it's going to keep happening. He's got a prediction. For what the Fed's going to do, we're going to want to see that. And of course, we've got the very latest on what the other economic levers are that the Biden administration Congress could potentially pull to give us some relief because it is getting downright painful. People are canceling vacations. Small businesses are talking about closing. Almost half of American small businesses are worried about surviving just through the fall. Just think about that for a second. It's just really, really remarkable to, to take a look at. So we're going to get right to this. It's a great podcast. Before we do, I just want to point out a couple of stories that are on the JustTheNews.com site because they're really good. Donald Trump had a very strong reaction to a new law or a proposed bipartisan deal in the Senate to rewrite the law for known as the Electoral Count Act to change the way that electoral counts are certified and to take away power from the vice president from objecting Steve Bannon rested his defense without calling any witnesses in his contempt of Congress trial. President Joe Biden, well, he's come down with a case of COVID. Fortunately, mild symptoms thus far, but we're going to have to keep an eye on that one. We won a big court ruling yesterday. John Solomon and Justin News were the name plaintiffs in an open records case in Missouri designed to force the Soros back prosecutor in St. Louis to hand over records about potential political meddling in the prosecution, the failed prosecution, the bungled prosecution, some call it the corrupt prosecution of former Missouri Governor Eric Greitens. We won access to the records. We're going to get them soon. We also got ordered to receive a $5,000 fine from the prosecutor who kept these documents away from us for, get a load of this, three years. Three years this has been going on. How insane is that? Those are some of the stories. We also obtained the video footage of what was going on in the Capitol with Stephen Colbert's comedy team that caused the Capitol police to arrest him. When you see the video, you'll get a sense of the shenanigans, the antics they were doing, why some members, at least one Democratic staffer, felt threatened by it. The security was threatened by it. We've got all of that on justinnews.com. Go check it out. Really, really good stuff on the headline packages running across justinnews.com right now. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, Congressman Glenn Grothman from the great state of Wisconsin, followed by our good friend, Philip Patrick at Birch Gold Group, one of the good guys in the economy space. And being able to help you understand what your options are in a very turbulent economy always serves us well, always gives us some great insight. That's our show. We'll be right back after the commercial messages to dive into the great newsmaker interviews. We'll be right back. who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text just news to 989898 98 98 right now. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Always excited to have this next man on our show. One of the most thoughtful and influential members in Congress often finds things that the rest of us are missing that are so important to our lives. So I really enjoy having him on. He is Congressman Glenn Grothman from the great state of Wisconsin, where I spent a big part of my career. Congressman, great to have you on the show again. Glad to be on the show. We got to continue to wake up America to the
1: catastrophe the Biden administration is.
0: And there's so many areas. Every time you turn around, you're like, I can't believe they did that. Then you turn around, I can't believe they did that. The one that really caught my attention, I know you've been working hard on this, the State Department funding atheism abroad. I'm trying to understand what's the national interest or foreign policy interest in that. Tell us what you've learned and what you're trying to do to stop it.
1: Well, right now we've opened up things in the State Department Uh, people can ask for competitive grants of up to $500,000 to organizations committed to the spread of atheism and humanism. Now, the rest of the world, we all know, looks up to America. To a certain extent, it's our freedoms. To a certain extent, it's our our material wealth. But I'm sure the world wonders, what is the secret to America's success? Why does everyone want to come in here? And the Biden administration is going to make it clear that they believe one of the reasons for our success is our acceptance of atheism and humanism. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do, your tax dollars, you religious Americans. The Biden administration is going to take your tax dollars and promote
0: atheism and humanism around the world. Absolutely stunning. And can they define any diplomatic or security or American interest in this? Or... It's just this agenda of some far-left people that are trying to impose their will, their thoughts on the government.
1: Well, of course, atheism has long been the religion of the progressives. The, I don't know if we'll call them the progressives. I guess we'll call them the communists, right, where they brag about shutting down all the churches in Red China and in Vietnam. So, you know, as our country becomes more and more Close to communist as we get more and more progressives in the government. I don't think it should be surprising that Joe Biden wants to educate the world that one of the reasons for our success is apparently our belief in atheism. By the way, should this surprise people? I remember when Rush Limbaugh was once on the air and he pointed out during one of the Democrat conventions that the old blind Democrats wanted to include a perfunctory Thank thanks to God in their resolutions, and the Democrats booed. You remember that they booed, that booed. I can't remember if that was in in twenty twelve or twenty oh eight. One of the two. The Democrats. The the heart of the Democrat Party, the volunteers, the type of people who run the Democrat Party and are delegates to the Democrat convention every four years. They booed God. And at the time, it surprised Rush Limbaugh, who I don't think was easily surprised, that the Democrats would boo God. But that is what we have. And now that they're in power, now that they have the House, the Senate and the presidency, they have decided to use your tax dollars to promote atheism hmm is that the message we want to send abroad i guess we're going to send that message abroad i guess it's you know it's the same uh uh administration that is flying gay flags over our foreign embassies maybe they'll think that uh our our close relationship with the gay agenda is the reason for our success i mean that seems to be what the Biden administration wants to do. And I think the Americans, and particularly the slumbering America clergy, ought to wake up and tell America what's going on. I have a feeling these stories have not been put in the mainstream media the degree to which they should be. But for people who are are listening to this show, particularly if you're any, if you yourself are a religious person, if you go to a church or synagogue, you might wanna talk. To your clergymen and say, what's going on here? Shouldn't we be a little bit of alarmed that America is apparently crediting our success to how tolerant we are of atheism? By the way, as recently as the 1960s, I read, maybe I read wrong, but I read that only 2% of Americans flat out did not believe in God. Now, they might have believed in some kind of offbeat sort of thing, but only 2% of Americans were what you'd call outright atheists. And now we have a administration
0: giving out money promoting atheism. There you are. It's really remarkable. Yeah, you signed a very important letter with 14 of your colleagues, and I think it raises a couple of good questions. You know, first off, it's okay, as you say in, in the letter, for the department to be tolerant and respectful of a wide range of belief systems. That's very American. But it's quite another thing for the government to work actively to empower atheist humanists, non-practicing it, non-affiliated religions in public decision. But can you go on to say any such program for any religiously identifiable group in the United States would be unconstitutional? Atheism is basically a form of religion, right? It's a form of religion that you don't believe in God. Does this rub up dangerously close to the Constitution, you think?
1: Well, it obviously is. If if the administration were giving out grants to promote Catholicism, Why? The liberals would be up in arms, say, how dare you spend our money promoting Catholicism, right? If we were promoting Mormonism, they'd be up in arms. Oh, oh, how horrible, how horrible. Look at what whatever Donald Trump is doing. He's trying to turn the whole world into Mormons. But when we send out grants to promote atheism, the mainstream media, the popular culture, they are quiet. And like I said, I think it's so devastating, not even what the the grants are going to be used for, because who knows how many people you're going to reach. But even by offering the grants, you are sending the message around the world that America owes its success to atheism.
0: How horrible. The country that has been always proud to say one nation founded under God. It is really remarkable, isn't it? I want to turn to something else where there's been a lot of signal sending and for which you have been extraordinarily important. In fact, you've been working through the appropriations process to stamp this out. But there are these new mandates that the Biden administration is pursuing with their allies in the Congress to mandate that all federal surveys ask someone their gender preference as young as five, six years old. I know you think this is wrong. You're trying to stop it. I think you might have an appropriations rider. How is that going?
1: Well, we're going to lose because we're in the minority and the Democrats are all in on this. But this is where we're headed again as a country on the census and other surveys that the government sends out uh, to school districts and whatever, there will be a question on a questionnaire for all ages, be it 30, be it 13, be it 4, what is your sexual preference? And, of course, the Democrats will say, well, you can always leave that blank. But it will, as a practical matter, mean the teachers, the parents, will be asking 8-year-old Johnny Are you gay, Johnny? Do you like girls? Do you like boys? Do you like wearing dresses, Johnny? What's the deal? Because we have a nice federal form here that we want to have filled out. Now, I mean, how offensive? It's even offensive for a 30-year-old. There was a time when the gay rights agenda meant that, we weren't going to. We weren't going to see what people are doing in their bedroom, right? We're, we're going to not talk about it. Now the agenda has shifted to: we're going to require you to talk about it. The government wants to know what you're doing in your bedroom, so we're shifting that way, which is, like I said, offensive to a 30-year-old or a 50-year-old. Uh, it becomes particularly offensive when uh, non-sexual seven or eight-year-olds are put on the spot. Uh, saying the government wants to know what you really feel like. And, of course, some good parents and teachers will just leave it blank. But it's on the form. It's clearly it's on the form because the Biden administration wants to know. They want to ask eight-year-old Johnny, do you feel like a transgender? And of course, to normal people, that's kind of laughable. But you've got to remember, there are people out there today who think, yeah, eight-year-olds could be transgenders. We better ask Johnny whether he's a transgender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's another place that we're headed as a country. Taking away the innocence of the young people, um, wanting them to commit to a lifestyle when they really are non-sexual at that age anyway. But they want them to commit and you know, ponder in their own mind are you are you transgender, Johnny? are you not transgender? Can you imagine that doing that to little children, much less uh every Democrat in the u s Congress over two hundred and twenty of them voting for this
0: nonsense. What has become of this party? yeah, it really is remarkable, and it's uh an interesting I, I saw a sign the other day that said. I'm a parent, and I don't have to co-parent with the federal government. I think that sentiment is really starting to spread across everyday Americans, which is, it's our job to raise our children. Get out of there. This isn't a village that you get to take our children from. Do you think that this election is going to turn on these very sort of things, the sort of extremism that the left agenda now puts on the front burner? It used to be on the back burner, talked in the dark halls of think tanks. Now it's on the front burner, and Americans are seeing it. Is this the election where Americans say, you know what, I've had enough of this? I I
1: sure hope so. I hope the Republicans around the country are talking about it, that they realize this election is more than just the outrageous inflation. I hope the average person at home realizes it and realizes where are we going to wind up as a country if we continue to go down this path? Asking seven- or eight-year-old children, are you gay, are you binary, whatever uh i hope america wakes up and quite frankly it'll be very disappointing if america says well i could tolerate that we should be asking the eight-year-old what he is and uh as long as i get my gas down to 250 a gallon or something no this is eating away at the moral fiber of the country and uh it's time we fought back and you got to remember if a Can you imagine if a stranger on the street walked up to a seven-year-old boy and asked him if he was a gay or if he was a transgender? Well, he'd be arrested. He'd be arrested, or at least in a fairly recent background, he'd be arrested. Now it's the federal government.
0: Yeah, it is really remarkable how much has changed. I mean, these used to be the values of the left. The left used to be, hey, respect our privacy. Don't intrude. Don't solicit. It's none of your business what my sexual orientation is or whatever. And now they're on the opposite side, trying to force these questions into the realm. It's as though they lost their original goals. It's really remarkable. What can be done? I mean, obviously now you're in the minority. Next year, are these the sort of things that through appropriations, riders and other things, you can get right-sided and get things where the American public wants them?
1: Hopefully we'll be fighting this even this year, because in this year, when we pass Uh, our appropriation bills, which is what people back home would usually refer to as a budget. You've got to remember that in the Senate, they have that filibuster rule. They can't pass stuff without 60 votes. The question is how important is getting this garbage out to the Republican Party? And really, the Republican senators have the ability to take it out. Not to mention, one more time, I think the American public, and particularly the slumbering clergy of this country, ought to wake up and demand that we preserve children's innocence and, quite frankly, civil libertarians out there ought to be demanding that these questions come out for adults of all ages. You know, I I mean, they're they're supposedly libertarians who like to be all trendy and such. Libertarians out there, if you say, oh, I'm a libertarian, I'm not a Republican, I'm a libertarian. Well, Mr. Libertarian, what do you think about the government asking questions of 40 or 50-year-olds? We would like to know what your sexual preferences? We We want that for our files. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's where we're at. That would ring the bell, and that's what's going on. Uh, exactly. You wouldn't believe it, but that's what's going on. There is nothing that uh, certain groups cannot ask for this administration that they will not put on the floor of the U.S. House very quickly.
0: One last thing, because I know you've taken the lead on this six times, you and your colleagues on the House Oversight Committee have called for a hearing on the humanitarian crisis at the southwest border. Six times there is widespread agreement in polls. Democrats Republicans like that the border is a crisis. You can't get a single hearing on the committee that's supposed to have the oversight power. How frustrating it is! it? And at some point, does it come at a consequence of Democrats?
1: Well, again, we just got to keep talking about it. Uh, we hit, by the way, a, a new record again in June as far as... The number of people led in the country one more time, an all time June record, um, I think around one hundred and sixty thousand, up about seventy or eighty thousand from last year, up about one hundred and fifty thousand from two years ago. So we keep hitting new records, and the Democrats don't even want to talk about it. Uh, obviously, my Republican colleagues are ready to go on this issue it's important the public as a whole demand some accountability on having 160, 180,000 people a month crossing that border. I'm afraid the only thing we can do is really slap them around in November. And I hope the American public realizes that because no country can exist. No country around the world can exist if you're letting over 100,000 people a month cross in here. Not to mention, I personally do not believe we wouldn't have this mess in Ukraine if... Joe Biden wouldn't be making such a fool of himself at the border. Right? Joe Biden by doing nothing sends a message to Russia. I hope not, sends a message to China that he is not a serious president, that he has no he doesn't care what happens to America in the future. I mean, can you imagine? I am told, you know, by, by people I know who were behind the Iron Curtain, or what used to be called the Iron Curtain, that in, in Russia, they just make fun of this guy. I mean, you know, when they see pictures of people just streaming in here.
0: Sometimes they're doing it publicly now from the
1: Kremlin. <laughs> right, exactly. When they, when they take the measure of this man, when they take the measure of Joe Biden, and they watch him allow 160, 180,000 people a month stream in here, and he does nothing to stop them, He looks like a joke on the world stage, and he intimidates
0: nobody. Yeah, we hear that from so many ambassadors who are worried about that stature. Sir, it is always an honor to have you on the show. We always break some news. We learn about things that people need to know about that they're not getting from the mainstream media. I just want to thank you so much for all you do. Glad to be on the show. We'll have you on again soon. Thank you so much. All right, folks, we take a quick commercial break. Plus, free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick House Nutrition and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15 15- who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us justnews. That's amac.us justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or a family member for free. What a great opportunity. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Always glad to have this next guest on. He makes so much sense of an economy. And on every aspect of what we talked about with him in the last year, it has come true. He has had the bullseye right over where the Joe Biden economy has been going. He's Philip Patrick, joining us from our good friends at Birch Gold Group. Philip, great to have you back on.
2: Thank you, John. Good to be on as always.
0: There are some really troubling numbers out there. Bureau of Labor Statistics had one report last week on consumer prices, Today, they just had a brand new report out on producer prices for goods up 17.9% June over June. So from this June to last June, 17.9% increase. Your thoughts on where inflation's headed? It feels like it's still going up.
2: It it is indeed. And- and you know, the producer price index is is obviously the, the most important indicator of street level inflation increasing. It went up. It was uh, in the 16 percent range last time, up to almost 18 percent today. So definitely creeping up as is street level inflation. Uh, Last report came in at 9.1%, so up quite aggressively from the previous. Um, Some of the highlights really were the essentials, right? Energy, food, shelter, these things skyrocketing in terms of pricing. Uh, Groceries were up 12%, biggest annual increase since 1979. Uh, Chicken saw its biggest increase ever, up almost 20%. Rent up Almost six, and the big one was gas prices up now 60% in the last 12 months. It's the fastest price surge since 1981. For a little bit of context, gas prices right now technically meet the definition of hyperinflation. If price, yeah, 50% or more in a year, that's technically hyperinflation. So at least in gas, we're already starting to see it. I think the Fed are going to have to get aggressive. So they're going to meet next Wednesday. Uh, There'll be another interest rate hike. Um, Everyone's predicting, obviously, a a fairly significant increase. The question is whether it'll be 75 basis points or a full 100. If I had to guess, I say they go aggressive. I say they do a a full 100. The Bank of Canada just raised a full percentage point and they've only got 8% inflation. So I think the Fed need to, they're behind the curve and they need to get a bit more aggressive here. Yeah,
0: it's really, really remarkable. And as you were warning, the early steps by the Fed were just too little for the inflationary pressure that we saw. There seems to be now really significant downstream consequences to this inflation. There was a remarkable story we had on our site two days ago, the small business network Alignable, which it does a lot of serving of small business owners of small business owners they interviewed earlier this month said their businesses are at risk of closing by the fall of 2022. So literally half, nearly half of all small businesses are in danger of collapsing by the fall. What are, as we start to ramp up interest rates to take care of inflation that we didn't get a heads up on early enough, we're going to see a lot of carnage downstream from this, aren't we?
2: Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, it's the only way that the Fed can, can kill inflation. But, but you're right. It's small businesses. It's, it's, it's the middle classes that get hit here. When prices rise, these guys aren't seeing the benefit, right? It, it just, it, you know, it hits the middle class. Sadly, there isn't a soft landing. The Fed were talking about trying to engineer a soft landing, and it doesn't exist. Look, in order to kill inflation they have to kill demand, right? So they have to drive demand down. The best way to do that is to raise interest rates because what that does is it forces a recession. Buying houses become less expensive. People have less discretionary income to pump through the economy. So sadly, in order to deal with inflation, there's an element of hardship that needs to happen. So the Fed, I think, are going to raise rates consistently. In the meantime, we're going to have to sacrifice housing and stocks to try and slow down the level of inflation. So there isn't, uh, you know, there isn't a good way to get out of this. Remember, we've been deferring recession. We've been kicking the can further down the road for a long time. Now's the time to pay the piper, try and get through this and, and get back to some semblance of normality. But it's not possible without getting through some tough times. They have to force
0: a recession. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable to think that we got to this point, because if if people were paying attention to what you said last year, or if the government was paying attention, because our listeners, our our viewers have been paying attention closely, but if the government had been paying attention last year to what you're saying, you were pleading for that stronger intervention early. We let that period go. Now we're trying to play a game of catch up. And as interest rates goes up, the economy slows down. The markets are going to slow down. The housing market's going to slow down. There's going to be another consequence, right? The debt load of the United States government is going to go up. Interest borrowing means the government's borrowing is going to go up. What sort of effect is that going to have on the U.S. government and the bond markets?
2: It's, it's, it's already having a dramatic effect, right? We've got interest rates right now at a, still a very low level. Even though the Fed have been raising rates aggressively, they're still a quarter of where they were when Volcker got in office, and they're 120th of where they were when Volcker left office. So rates are pretty low. As you mentioned, You know, there's only so aggressive that the Fed can get, right? And I think for that reason, and and by the way, the reason being, we've got massive amounts of debt. Volcker had to put interest rates to 15% to kill the level of inflation that we had, which was the same as today we can't really do it. US national debt in the 1980s was a trillion dollars. Today, it's 30 trillion, over 30 trillion. So if debt service, you know, if rates got to 15%, within a fairly short space of time, the US government's going to be owing 15% annually on on 30 trillion, that's 4.5 trillion. For a little bit of context, our entire tax revenue last year was 3.6, right? So there's going to be a point where they have to slow down raising rates because debt service won't be feasible. So for me, there's two scenarios here. One is that the Fed stand firm and they keep interest rates at a level that slows inflation. If that happens, we set ourselves up for stagflation, right? Stunted economic growth with rising inflation. For me, the only other alternative to that is a lot worse, right? And that is that the Fed backtracked, right? Come November, markets are reeling, they say, okay, we're going to lower rates, we'll stimulate the economy again. If that happens, inflation will go parabolic here in the United States. So for that reason, I think the Fed will stand their ground. But whichever way you look at it, like I said, we've got to weather this storm.
0: And there's some interesting, maybe the interesting is not the right word. Maybe the word is scary. Some additional tools that we're now beginning to hear the Democratic administration, the White House and the Energy Department talk about that, particularly on the energy front where gas prices are in that $4 to $5 range still. All of a sudden, a, a term I haven't heard in a long time in American history, price controls. What happens if those were ever to be implemented?
2: don't work. They didn't work when we tried them in the past, and they're not going to work today. At the end of the day, they're contrary to free market principles. When you cap a price, no one's going to sell to you, right? It's not worth it. They're just going to take their business elsewhere and essentially get full price instead. Price controls, when you look at them, they're typically the last ditch effort of a socialist-leaning government to stay in power. But let's look at, The most recent attempt on Russia. So Biden and the G7 announced sanctions on Russia, and the goal was to inflict financial pain, right? That was the whole idea. In response to sanctions, though, what did we see? We saw global oil prices soar. Well, Russia their economy is very much dependent on oil prices, right? They're they're, they're, they're a leading exporter of oil and gas. So actually, it's had the opposite effect. It's driven the Russian economy up. The ruble now is the strongest level it's been in seven years. The central bank of Russia is actually worried now about deflation because their currency is so strong. Now, G7 leaders tried to impose price controls on Russia, basically limiting the amount that they're willing to pay. And the obvious fallacy, it was flawed from inception. Russia were never going to sell below market price, and particularly to someone who's their opponent in a proxy war. So what did they do? Russia took Germany's main source of natural gas offline. Prices in Germany now looking to, to, to quadruple. And it's really been a blunder, right? The German economy european economies u s economies are struggling, and russia 's booming. so not only have attempted price controls failed they 've actually backfired in this case and had the opposite of the intended effect it 's just flawed thinking and it 's more of the same from from an administration that quite frankly hasn 't got a clue what they 're doing
0: there 's been so many amazing statements from this administration from The Treasury Secretary saying, I didn't really think inflation was going to be this bad. I was wrong to Joe Biden actually saying, I didn't think that we'd have a shortage of baby formula if you closed down the largest baby formula plant. The head-scratching excuses are just got to be frustrating. Let me ask you this because you've not only been right about the prescription of what's wrong with the economy and the Biden administration's approach, you've been really prescient in what solutions work. With the pain at the pump, what is going to be the thing that would most make a difference on gas prices, get them down? Because I think when that comes down, all of inflation starts to get dragged down. Uh, What do you think is the right solution?
2: Look, the right solution was, was, was never to close pipelines in the US. Listen, we have massive oil reserves here in the United States. Why we're not pushing forward with that? Listen, the whole green energy thing It's great in theory. We're just not ready for it, not even close. So to be sort of shutting down domestic production, closing pipelines, you know, in a situation like this, it never made any sense. We've got to get back to doing things domestically here in the United States. That's the only solution here. As long as we're relying essentially on the Saudis or the Russians, it's never going to work for us. So we've got to push, you know, domestically to increase Uh, our oil production. And if that happens, we have the ability to drive prices down and more importantly, to control our own destiny. And that's the big issue. We just don't have the power in our hands.
0: Yeah, it's really important. If Russia plays even further geopolitical games with gas and oil supplies in Eastern Europe, what sort of boomerang effect will it have on American confidence, market confidence, Worldwide confidence—that seems to be another wild card that with inflation, and in, it could really add to the troubles.
2: Look, we're seeing the effects of that already. You know, a large look at look at sort of groceries, look at chicken, look at rent, look at look at gas prices. We're we're feeling it here in the United States, and Russia know what they're doing. You know, they've been preparing for this since the initial invasion in 2014, and I and I hate to say it. Uh, but it looks like they've outsmarted us. Like I said, they knew that the West was going to hit them with sanctions. They understood the power that they held. You know, they controlled 25% of the world's wheat, 20% of the world's fertilizer. Now, look at the the games that they're playing, right? They're pumping misinformation out to Africa and other nations that, you know, that this sort of uh, lack of, sort of supply of food globally is on the back of the West. We're just being outsmarted by the Russians, quite frankly. So we need different leadership. We need a brain in the White House so we can start to outsmart these guys. And as long as we've got this joke in office, quite frankly, it's just not going to happen. So like I've said, we've got to hunker down. We've got to look at those around us and say, how can we protect ourselves you know, from this administration and what they're doing to the to, to the broader economy. So I think it's a case of scaling it down. As long as these guys are in
0: power, we're not going to see light at the end of the tunnel. They've got the uh, gas to the pedal on a policy array that clearly isn't working, and they're just speeding it up instead uh, rather than slowing it down. I want to ask about what we all can do because I just saw we had a story on Just the News today. The California pension program alone lost billion in the market over the last few months, $30 billion of money that was going to go to someone's retirement 401K, gone because of the sudden drop of stock value in in America. All of us are feeling it in our 401Ks, our pensions. What is the right position? What is something that we can all do to insulate us for the next, if, if we're on another six to 12 months of hardship here, what should we be doing to protect our investments?
2: Look. Um, I, I think it's it's a case of hedging one's exposure, right? We've got we've to understand the weaknesses in our portfolios, right? Stocks right now losing value in the markets. We've been fueling a bubble there for almost 13 years, and we're starting to see the air come out of that. As you alluded to earlier, bonds were traditionally a safe haven, right? If you were worried about the markets. You could sit in cash, sit in bonds and ride it out. It is nonsensical to do that in a climate with such low interest rates and, of course, surging inflation. So for me, it's about taking a portion of your portfolio and making sure it's in an asset that is conducive for a climate like this. And of course, precious metals are about the most conducive. Inflation drives them up. Stock market crashes tend to drive them up. So they are safe haven assets and very conducive for climates like this. And the idea is very simple. If you have stocks losing money, gold goes up in that portion, mitigates that. If you have bonds losing to inflation, that same inflation drives gold and silver up and helps to mitigate. So it's just a case of hedging one's exposure. And as long as you do, you know, the effects will be muted of a market correction.
0: That's a position so many people have to get in. Hedge that, that, get something that has the the longest stability of any of the assets in the investment market and get into it. A lot of people asked today about silver. Is it maybe undervalued and likely to be going up?
2: it, It is undervalued. Silver historically has a 16 to 1 trading ratio with gold, which means usually gold is 16 times the price of silver. Today, that ratio is running at over 80 to 1. So silver is very undervalued. On top of that, industrial demand for silver is growing aggressively. It's used not only in electronics, but solar technology, electric cars, um, and supply is shrinking. We consume more silver annually than we can pull out of the ground. So in terms of a longer-term growth play, I think it's very, very interesting today.
0: I think a lot of people I've talked to have been looking at that. One of the great things is you can insulate your 401k, your IRA investments, because a lot of people don't know this, and I didn't know it until I met you guys. You can put a good portion of your 401k into a gold-backed IRA. Talk a little bit about that little secret that a lot of people don't know about, especially in this moment. It sounds like a really good idea. Uh, How'd that come to be, and how do people take advantage of that?
2: Look, um, U.S. tax code allows for it. So it's clearly defined under U.S. tax code. If individuals have either an IRA or a qualifying 401k, and that usually means if it's with a current employer and you're above the age of 59 and a half, that usually constitutes a qualified 401k. What we can do is help individuals roll over all or any portion of an IRA or 401k that they like. We place those funds directly in an IRA. That way, there are no tax implications and no penalties. And we can help individuals buy physical metals within an IRA. That's not paper. It's not ETFs. It's not leveraged. It's the physical, tangible commodity within an IRA. From there, John, it works like any other ira you have online accounts you have quarterly statements you can sell metals move it back into the stock market when the time makes sense so it's a fully functional ira but it just allows you to secure your retirement with physical metals
0: it's really remarkable and i didn't know it you guys have put together this incredible info kit that's how i got educated and folks this is an easy thing to do you'd be crazy not to do it i learned so much from doing this all you have to do is text the word just news to 989898 just news to 989898 that's pretty easy to remember send that now get the greatest amount of detail you possibly can about protecting your savings your retirement with precious metals the birch gold group have a flawless system it's so easy to learn no pressure you make a good decision cuz you have the most information i didn't even know about 401k and ira ira backed by gold until i started working with them this is a really essential thing go check it out Don't take any more losses on the stock market right now. Go get some consistency, hedge those bets like Philip has said, and and go check that out real easy. Just News to 98, 98, 98. Philip, real quickly before we let you go, there's a lot of tea leaf reading in the next few weeks. We've got the Fed action. We're going to have another round of economic data. What are you looking for in the marketplaces, bellwether signs of where the country's headed?
2: Look, I I think we need to see the Fed get inflation under control. Like I said, I think on the 27th, they raise, if I have to make a prediction, 100 basis points, a full percent they need to get aggressive. Look, last time the inflation report came out, most analysts were predicting, hey, it's peaked, it's going to start to decline. The fact that it surged so aggressively, I think was a sign to the Fed, they've got to get more aggressive. So I think that'll happen You know, a week yesterday. So uh, on Wednesday next week, I think they'll raise a, a full, uh, full percentage point. I'm hoping that will have the effect to slow inflation. So I'm thinking the next report may still have a nine on in front of it, maybe a high eight. Let's wait and see. So hopefully they can start to slow inflation. But As we know, even the numbers they come out with, 9.1, they're not accurate. Real inflation is much higher than that. So they're going to have to start getting aggressive. I think we're going to continue to see the air come out of the stock market. So just keep an eye on things. And I think for investors out there, just be preemptive. Don't wait for crashes to happen. Be preemptive.
0: Yeah, you got to get ahead of this or you pay a really, really dear price. There was something else you've mentioned to me earlier, and I've been watching it and you can see it every day. There's a real problem in the labor market in the amount of people who have left and the amount of people that really want jobs right now. Is that going to continue to create some long lasting inflationary pressure in this economy just because the workforce is shrinking?
2: Yeah. And. I think so, but look, Larry Summers came out with something quite interesting. Larry Summers is pushing for higher unemployment, and it comes down to curbing inflation, right? So his rationale is, look, we need unemployment because if people are unemployed, discretionary income comes down. If discretionary income comes down, demand goes down, inflation comes down. So actually high employment, which technically we have right now, is adding to the inflationary pressures. So there are people out there calling for higher unemployment to start pulling down prices. But it's a reflection of how bad the situation situation is where we're praying for unemployment to try and get a grip on things it's it's really quite
0: telling it is and you hear democrats rooting for higher gas prices there's an op-ed in bloomberg saying we need to keep gas prices above $5 and now we hear some democrats arguing let's get unemployment up i'd sure like to be in an economy where those weren't two of the options for getting things better it's just crazy it's just crazy Well, Philip, you do such amazing work. Folks, go check out birchgold.com as well because it's an amazing resource. Philip is on there. You can see the work he does here. We love having him on the show. And one more time, because if you haven't gotten the kit yet, you're wasting a big opportunity to hedge your bets, maybe stabilize your portfolio in this very turbulent time. All you got to do is text just news, one word, to 98 98 98 that gets you going the kit is unbelievable i was so much more educated i keep it close by my desk all the time do the same today philip always an honor to have you on the show my friend you do such a great work thank you john my honor thank you so much all right folks we're going to take a quick commercial break when we come back we're going to wrap things up for the day right after these messages bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or.
1: See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
0: Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So grateful you can join. Big thank you to Congressman Glenn Grothman and to Philip Patrick at Birch Gold Group for giving us some really great insights, some news. You think about that funding, federal taxpayer funding, going to countries to encourage them to have atheists. What? Why? What are we doing? There's no value in that. What's going on here? Seems like a social experiment, not a government contract. That one has a lot of people. And of course, a lot of prescient words from Philip Patrick. And again, if you want to remember... How to take advantage of Just get that info kit that Birch Gold has. You can go to birchgold.com, but the better and easier way to do it is just text the word Just News, Just News to 989898. That's pretty easy. Do that today. You get the guide. You'll be really happy. I'm really excited about it. All right, folks, before we go, just want to quickly remind you about all the different services, products, and opportunities that our partners, our advertisers, our sponsors bring to the table every day. One of them are the good, my good friends at Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E. I run a small business. I don't want to deal with the HR issues. But if you don't and you drop the ball, it can be really expensive very quickly. It's very important that if you're a small business owner like I am, that you have good HR practices and Bambi is an HR platform built for you. For businesses like yours and mine, you can automate the most important HR practices and get your own, get get a load of this your own dedicated HR manager, for as little as $99 a month. That is an incredible deal. Who wouldn't want to take advantage of that? There's no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. So if you're running a business and you're like, you know what? I got to get on top of my HR. I'm not paying attention to it. I know it's uh, an Achilles heel. If I drop the ball, wait no more. Take no more risk. Go join my good friends at Bambi.com. That's B-A-M-B-E.com slash Just News, if you go to that URL, right, you're going to get a free HR audit. They're going to be able to tell you what they might be able to do for you, what compliance and other issues you might need to get on top of. It's free. Take advantage of it. It's one of the many great opportunities we have at JustTheNews.com and at John Solomon Reports the Podcast. So go check out my good friends at Bambi. It is Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E.com slash Just News to get started on that free HR audit. If you're a business owner, stop playing a game of Russian relay. Get the best HR practices you could possibly get. And a dedicated HR manager, Bambi's got the solution. All right, folks, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports Podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out.